But as you know, we've, we've taken a shift into Advent season. And the new series for Advent is based on the, the Advent uh, readings and books that you'll find um, a little bit later. I'll tell you about those. But the Advent series is called Born the King. And this message in that series is called Waiting Room. The Waiting Room. Learning to, learning to embrace the anticipation of what's next. If you have your Bibles this morning and you turn to Matthew chapter 24, it might seem like an odd text, but if you have your Bibles, go ahead and take them out. Matthew 24, 36 through 44. And I feel like we don't do this enough. Can we stand in honor of reading God's Word? Oh, cool. You want the mic? Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. See, Pam said, no. <laughs> Matthew twenty four thirty six. when you have it, say amen. Four of you, when you have it, say amen. Oh, four more. <laughs> Thank you. But about that day, see, you know, our, our, our Christmas dinner is this evening. How many know that? In the Christmas dinner, we turn this into a five-star restaurant, and we worship through eating. No, but uh, see, Dave and his crew are, are preparing the Christmas dinner even as we speak. And I'm so thankful for what our kitchen crew is able to pull off. Um, but that's, see, I need him to, to provide the excitement in the room sometimes. I mean, it's, I'm about to take your pulse. Matthew chapter 24, but about that day... Or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other one left. Two men will be grinding, one with a hand mill. One will be taken, the other one left. Therefore, keep watch. I'm not even going to ask you to say keep watch because I'm afraid of what I hear. Keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect him. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Be seated. So I don't know how many of you experienced this kind of a thing, but you go to the doctor, you have an appointment, right? You have an appointment. They give you a time. The doctor says, okay, the lady receptionist, whoever it is, says, all right, your appointment is 1230. All right. I have an appointment. I'm like, I'm like, I have this personality. Just give me a time. Give, tell me what to do. And I come in with the appointment, 1230, right? You go into the doctor at 1230. I arrive early, quarter after. I get there at 1215, right? And I sit down in a room that might look something like that. And, and I sit in the waiting room. And I sit there for a little while. And about 12.29, I'm, okay, well, I'll be called back here in a minute. 
Well, and then, some of you know where I'm going with this. And then 1230 comes and goes. And I'm still waiting. How many love to wait? How many people just love in the waiting? Not a hand. Depends what you're waiting for. (laughs) If you're waiting to be blown up, I can wait a little longer. (laughs) But I'm waiting, and and 1230 comes and goes. Okay, well, fine. And now my foot starts to tap a little bit, right? All right. (laughs) 1240. I had an appointment, see? 1230. But I got there early. (laughs) And now I'm still waiting. 12.50, 12.55, a little girl comes from the door and says, Mr. Burke, oh, that's, okay, well, that wasn't so bad. And she takes you back, and, and she takes me back, and she gets the vitals, the thing in the ear, and the, and the weight, and all that stuff, and how are you doing? Good. Okay, great. And then I look over there, and there's another door. Well, the doctor will see you in that room. That must be the exam room, right? That must be, let's get checked out. That's the exam room. Okay. So I go into that room, and the polite lady shuts the door. And it's very quiet in that room. And I can hear some things outside, but I'm still sitting in a chair waiting. That is not the exam room. That is just another waiting room. (laughs) Because obviously I'm sitting there waiting. The doctor finally would come in maybe 45 minutes, 50 minutes, an hour after my, I had an appointment and the doctor still found it okay to leave me sitting there waiting. And most of us can relate to a time when we were anticipating or waiting for something, the birth of a baby, waiting for retirement. A long worked for raise, whatever it might be, we know what it's like to watch in extreme anticipation or waiting. And our text today is about this type of waiting or watching, never losing focus on what we should have our eyes fixed on, and that's the return of Christ. And many of us read this text in Matthew with a lot of a baggage, baggage of fear. And there's some validity to that. Like Christ is coming back and he's going to take one and leave the other like we read. And because the preceding verses to all of that is they're a little bit gloomy to say the least. And there's a definite sign of caution here to not be distracted, to to stay the course. But the message is not one of fear this morning. It's ultimately one of hope. That God keeps his promises. That Christ will return. And if we stay the course, if we're watchful and ready, we will see this hope fulfilled. And the first thing we need to do in our waiting, while we're waiting, we've already determined that there's not really uh, anyone in here who, who enjoys waiting. But the first thing we can do is focus on what we are called to. The text reveals a a distractedness that can consume all of us. Instead of saying, staying focused on Christ, sharing Christ, and living the life that Christ has called us to, other things rush in to distract us. So what are we called to? What is our focus? What are we called to? 
The Gospel of Matthew, and I love the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew was written uh, mainly to the Jewish people. It was sort of Matthew's the guy that's going to reach the Jews. And it has an overarching theme of sharing the gospel with other people. And the theme is revealed in the Great Commission at the very end of the book. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. Uh, It'll be on the screen, but you can turn there if you'd like to. It says this in verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's this idea of sharing, going, while you're waiting. We also see this theme all throughout Matthew in in the parable of the sheep and the goats, where we learn that the call of those following Christ is to a life lived in love and compassion for those around us. And you can read that at your own leisure. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. And we have a call to join the mission of God in the world. The problem is that we get distracted and we lose focus on what oftentimes is right before us. We often lose focus. We'll get there. And we get distracted from what our initial, our, our actual calling is in this world. We often lose focus. And we look at the, the context of this passage, and we look at others that are here, the parable of the ten bridesmaids, the parable of the talents, the parable of the sheep and goats, and we lose, we see this distractedness in verse 37 through 39 in our text that we read today in the reference to the time of Noah. 24 through 37 says this, 24 37 through 39. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. We also are a distracted people. The issue was not that people were marrying and eating and drinking and The issue was that they allowed these things, these common everyday, sometimes good things, to distract them from the coming destruction that was theirs. And ultimately, the opportunity for hope and salvation. It distracted them. They were caught off guard because they kind of forgot about God. They kind of were just going about their normal everyday lives. You know, not really active in pursuing the things of God. They just, ah, we're going to do what we want. We'll be eating, drinking, getting married, doing normal everyday things. Not necessarily pursuing the things of God. Not necessarily paying attention to the signs all around them that were pointing them toward salvation, pointing them toward a a, a safe life inside that ark. Noah was shouting at them, this is coming. Instead, they were focused on these other things. And we too often lose focus. And we are distracted people. And while we may have a head knowledge and know that, yeah, Christ is coming, we often allow other things to distract us and consume our time. We sometimes forget our call to compassion, our call to love one another because of these distractions. And this time of year, is, is just, it just magnifies that. We look at obvious distractions 
in our lives. Would you agree this morning with me that we are a distracted people? Busyness is a problem throughout the year, but this season can feel particularly busy. Materialism is an issue, especially near Christmas time. Shiny things are alluring to us, right? And we sometimes view both getting and giving as a way to be fulfilled, and yet both can serve as distractions. Shiny things. Talked about that a little bit last week. How many went out Black Friday shopping? Come on. Y'all can admit, you're in church, you better. You're out there Black Friday shopping? I don't even know what to say. You go out into those crowds? And sometimes I feel like the proverbial salmon swimming upstream. Like, am I going the wrong way? Everyone's coming at me. I'm like, am I, am I going the... Excuse me, where's the line? And they go... You see that guy back there with the beard? I said, yeah. 20 people behind him. Good night. There's the line. But I could just see in my mind's eye, having this message kind of scrolling through my head, people are so distracted. I mean, the stores opened at, 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 on Thanksgiving. I heard that uh, that the mall was uh, the mall in Robinson was open till 2 a.m. on Thanksgiving night, and it was just as crazy at 1:30 a.m. as it was at 10 p.m. And I look at the materialism and the distractedness, and I think we are a distracted people, keeping up appearances, the way we live and the way our homes have to look and the way things have to be just right can it can be a serious distraction. And as we read in the days of Noah, even family can be a distraction. Y'all went through Thanksgiving last week, didn't you? How many would agree that, don't say amen, but how many would agree that family can be a distraction? Don't point. It's not nice, George. Do not point. Family can be a distraction. Much like the people in Noah's time who weren't wrong for getting married and and, and celebrating, weren't wrong for spending time with family, right? But even good things like family can be a, a distraction and we can lose focus of the, uh, the reason that we celebrate this time of year. There are so many things that distract us from looking for Christ in our lives and in the world around us. Advent season, folks, is a season for regaining focus. And while this might feel like an odd text for Advent, it's actually very appropriate We're reminded to be mindful of the distractions in our life and remember the birth of Christ. Each week, we're called to look back to Christ's birth and remember. And just like when when Bob read to the children and and we, we look forward to certain things and there's this anticipation, if you can remember, that you had when you were a child, when you looked forward to Christmas Day. You look forward 
to what was coming on that Christmas morning, right? I mean, you, I almost couldn't stand it some years. And some families like ours when I was young, we struggled as a family. And, and, and oh man, how many would get that? Remember, how many know what the Sears catalog is or was? And you would get that as a child and you would get the toy catalog. The toy section was another whole separate issue. And you open that thing up, man, and you got, you got your pen out and you got to it, didn't you? And I don't care how poor you were growing up. You didn't know how poor you were. You start circling this. This is the bike I want. Oh, this is the, the house I want to buy. This is, this is this. And you get that Sears catalog, right? And you just go to town. That thing would be tore up in five page, five different things laying around. And I'd have all kind of things circled. And, and boy, we didn't have much. Somehow my mom pulled, pulled it together most of the time. Mom, I know you're listening online. And I am thankful this morning. But you have that, that anticipation that builds up. Do you have that kind of anticipation as an adult for the return of Christ? So often we don't talk about it in church. So often messages in churches today, and, and, and we need these, these messages of encouragement and helpfulness and, 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 and about the, the daily life that we trudge through as believers, Right? And we need these messages to encourage one another, to bring others to salvation. We need those messages. But so often in these messages, what is lost is the the anticipation that Christ is going to return for his church. And guess who his church is? (laughs) It's you and me. Do you have that anticipation or are you distracted? Do you need to regain your focus this Advent season? What distractions do you need to remove from your life to regain the focus on Christ? Or what do you need to add to your life? So often we talk about removing things from our lives, right? What do you need to add to your life to focus on Christ? And I know some of you in this room would say, well, I'm, I'm just, you would really examine yourself and say, what do I need to sort of get rid of or what do I need to add to my life? And some of you are thinking of that thing or that person right now. We know that the hardships and trials that we face right now will be made right at Christ's return. And we are confident of the ways of the already and not yet kingdom of God and how it's at work here and now, right now. When we anticipate Christ's return with that anticipation that we had for Christmas Day as a child, we look forward and and we can see where the Holy Spirit is already at work in the world. And we have the privilege of Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus said, I will not leave you. In fact, when you physically see me depart, I will send the helper called the Holy Spirit, and I will live in you, Emmanuel, not only God with you, but God in you. Are you reflecting that spirit during this season? Are you reflecting that spirit that lives in you, that you claim lives in you in your daily life? We can partner with the work of the Holy Spirit, and this is amazing. We partner with the work of the Holy Spirit in the world in much the same way Noah partnered with God in building the ark. 
So the fear in this text, can you imagine the fear when Noah's building the ark and he's telling people, please get in the ark, please. And the people are just going about their business. And can you imagine the fear for the people that would not listen, that would not believe Noah? Can you imagine the fear when they felt the rain? Can you imagine that fear? When that door shut and it was raining. See, the fear in this text that we read in Matthew is never for those who trust in the Lord. It's always for those who don't. See, Advent Advent is like the new year in the church. And new years are often times for resolutions and for thinking of ways we'd like to improve our lives or improve ourselves, right? We don't always think of Advent as a season of reflection and renewal. But what if we shifted our thinking during this Advent season? What if we found a way to reduce distractions and to simplify things and to focus on remembering the coming of Christ? And it's sort of the dichotomy that we find ourselves in. We like to focus on the manger scene, and we like to focus on Christ's birth, the coming of Christ. But it's also time to focus on Him coming again. We can focus on His return. We can anticipate His return. You know, I've been in churches where where they actually anticipate that. That's actually something that they kind of say, this could happen before we leave this place. Because Jesus said that no one knows the hour. He didn't even know. Only the Father knows. But how might we be transformed by that anticipation? And how might the world be transformed because of our faithful witness of watching and waiting with hope? How do we refocus? How do we refocus our lives? Pastor, you talk about it, but how do we do that? I'm glad you asked. As a church, one of the ways we want to help you refocus your life, we don't want to just leave you out there on an island trying to figure it out on your own. We want to help you refocus this Advent season. I'm going to need a little help. Can you come help me? Yeah, you. Brayden, come on up and give me a quick hand. See, they're so willing. One of the ways we want to help you focus. Now, you know, each year in the Church of the Nazarene, they publish, our, our publishing house publishes a devotional guide that you can read throughout the Advent season. And in the past, we, we've made that available to you. Anybody who's wanted to purchase one could. Well, I thought it'd be nice this year as your church and as your pastor to, to give each family one of these books, these Advent books. We're going to pass them out literally right now. One per family. You know, don't just use your head, please. But I'm going to ask these two to help me grab a stack. Who would like a devotional guide to help you refocus this year? One per family. There you go, sir. You guys want, yeah? Yeah, yeah. One, you're in the family, aren't you? There you go, Dan. Lift your hands up if you need one. Let's see them. Lift them up. There you go, guys. This is to help you refocus this holiday season. Absolutely. 
get everybody? You got yours. 